Listener Production. Hi, I'm Veronica Milsom and this is Full Blown Adult, the podcast that helps you find credible information from qualified experts for when it's time to become an adult. Knowing when you've become an adult is a difficult thing to wrap your head around, but there are definite signs. Like maybe you started renting a place or maybe you just realised that as an adult you can have breakfast foods for dinner and dinner foods for breakfast and no one's going to tell you off. The other day I actually walked past a group of primary school kids who were all gathered around a pizza before school and I wasn't horrified, I was impressed. I was like, damn, that's a group of mature 10-year-olds right there. In this episode, you'll hear from an expert about how your social media accounts can get you into trouble and what the rules are about defamation online. The problem with social media is, though, that it engages just about everyone on the planet. Everyone has an opinion about another person and the publisher of the statement can be sued and sometimes for a lot of money. Unfortunately, a lot of the snarky observations people make about me online don't qualify as defamatory because they're true. Like how my hair is wispy and thin or occasionally I'll see a meme pop up about this one time I was a part of a massive gaffe. Ugh. It was a televised ARIA awards ceremony. I was presenting an award. This is a situation, right? I was given the wrong envelope and announced the wrong winner. I was supposed to give it to a 26-year-old Tones and I. Instead, I awarded it to Paul Kelly. I didn't even twig at the time that as a veteran of the industry... Paul Kelly wouldn't be eligible for the Breakthrough Artist category. In this episode, you'll find out how to avoid getting sued for saying something silly about someone else online. And here to fill you in is full-blown adult expert in the field, Peter Carter from Carter Kapner Law. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me. Not at all. I mean, it's a delight, frankly. So you're a compensation lawyer, which I assume means you're well compensated for the work you do. But what does it otherwise mean? It means we're reasonably compensated for the work we do, (laughs) but it uh, means that we recover compensation for people in all sorts of situations, from injuries to uh, defamation and other things. Okay. So people who are suing. That's right. We sue. We sue for you. Oh, wow, you need one of those ads a la, like, Saul from uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, Well, perhaps like that, yes. (laughs) Can I just say, first of all, Peter, that I am not asking you these questions because I've done anything untoward. Like, nothing has gone down and this isn't legal advice you're giving me. But what is defamation? I wouldn't uh, suspect you'd be doing anything untoward. Thank you. Defamation is civil wrong like negligence, but the elements of defamation are that there has to be a publication to someone else and it must be received by someone else about the person who's defamed. And the next element is there must be serious harm to their reputation. So it's all about reputational damage. Okay. And so like a a business or an individual can be sued for defamation? Like what's the situation there? Anyone who publishes a statement can be sued for defamation. By publish, that means printed in print or orally. And anyone who republishes something that's defamatory can be sued. Okay, and on social media, that's counted as publishing? Absolutely. That's very much an evolving area and there's uh, lots of new cases involving people defaming others on social media and who's responsible for the statements that are passed on, shared or moderated, etc. 
What's an example that you've seen of defamation on social media? Most of the defamation in social media is from one Facebook friend to another, calling them an idiot or a moron or uh, a pedophile even, or, you know, those sort of expressions. Thief, coward, slut, they're the sort of things that we see. And if they're seen by others, that's the publication and that's defamatory because the elements of defamation are would the statement cause others to shun, ridicule or avoid the person? So you'd expect that anything of the more serious words that I just mentioned would probably cause someone to think twice about that person and that meets the definition of defamation. Surely not idiot or moron. Like do people come to you with that and you're like, eh, we're not going to even bother taking on that case? Well, it it depends. It, that's right. In many cases, that wouldn't count. Yeah. For example, for the Prime Minister, it, be, it just wouldn't count. <laughs> Good dig. I, I have no opinion on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> if you said uh, idiot or moron concerning a brain surgeon who's talking about a uh, new procedure and he's called by a colleague an idiot or moron, doesn't know what he's talking about, that could be defamatory. Really? On social media? Like if, if a colleague said on Facebook, you're an idiot and you don't know about the surgery you're doing, then that surgeon could sue the colleague. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. There are defences to defamation as well, but these are the sort of statements we see all the time that are people getting into a lot of trouble over on social media. So, because if you could prove that that person was an idiot, uh, that's the defence? If it's substantially true, that's a complete defence. Yes. The subject of the comment, of the adverse comment, doesn't have to prove that they are not an idiot or moron, but the person who makes a defamatory statement to get up on the defence has to prove the truth of the statement. Okay. Well, what about this situation? If someone posts something that's defamatory against you and then they take it off, but in the meantime, a whole bunch of people have seen it already. You're already done. That happens frequently. Right. The important thing for the person who's been defamed is to get a printout of what's been posted and all the comments before it's taken down because when you take a Facebook post down, all the comments go as well. So you need the evidence. So how common is it for people to defame others without it being intentional, like without them knowing? Well, it just depends how careful you are with what you say. Mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people run at the mouth and uh, get into uh, flame wars on social media and that's when they get into trouble. They're not thinking about what they're saying. So it's a bit like road rage, which is only a phenomenon we've come to see in the last 10 or 15 years. No, no. I mean, even in a horse and cart situation, I think they raged each other. <laughs> they must have. Well, if, if they did, it wasn't to the same extent as they do now. Yeah. The problem with social media is, though, that it engages just about everyone on the planet. Everyone has an opinion about another person. And unfortunately, there's a hell of a lot that are defamatory. And the publisher of the statement can be sued and sometimes for a lot of money. For example, the the statement that someone's a pedophile is a very damaging statement to reputation. But people throw that around, don't they? They do, they do. Yeah. Although it's one of the easiest damaging statements to make, it's potentially the most damaging in a single word to someone's reputation. And therefore, significant damages are required to be paid for making those sort of statements. So how often are you seeing people get into trouble? 
I'm seeing people when they want compensation for the defamation. I guess I'm seeing people when they're prepared to pay for legal advice about it. And three or four times a week, we have inquiries amongst all our compensation types that relate to defamation. I mean, you see a lot of celebrity cases end up in court, like Ribble Wilson or whatever, when she won that big hunk of cash. But are there like cases of everyday people that end up in court very often? Yes. The idea with when you're complaining about defamation is to try and avoid court because court can just exacerbate it. It tends that once you file a court case complaining that you're labelled a pedophile, there's more publicity about the allegation. So the idea is to try and resolve it before court, but often the person who makes a statement is not prepared to pay anything or even apologise, so court becomes inevitable. And there are cases, they're published regularly in the reports of judicial decisions around the country. Are some people dissatisfied with an apology? Some people are just satisfied with an apology and having the statement removed. Huh. Yes. I wouldn't, for the record. If I'm coming to you, I want lots of cash. Well, you've already incurred my expenses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, want, I want it back at least. And, yeah, well, you want it back, you know, 10 times or 100 times. Most people, if they think they've got a good case, won't back off just with an apology. So, I mean, you briefly mentioned this before about if you unintentionally share something defamatory that someone else has posted. What happens in that case? Well, you're a publisher as well. So you're equally responsible and you can be sued along with the original publisher. So can others. For example, if someone posts a defamatory comment on the Sydney Morning Herald website, Mm -hmm. the Sydney Morning Herald can be sued because they're inviting people to make comments. That's a recent decision of the High Court. Oh, right. Uh, So they're considered a publisher as well. Facebook also can be considered a publisher, but they have a defence unless they know about it. So you've got to notify Facebook and then they become a publisher. But they have all sorts of tricks. These international companies have all sorts of dirty tricks to avoid being told about it because it's not Facebook Australia. You might have thought it was. It's not Facebook Australia you have to contact. It's Facebook in California. Yeah. uh, yeah. Who has no contact details anywhere. Uh, So (laughs) slimy. I mean, was that defamatory? No, not slimy. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. You can't defame a corporation unless it has fewer than 10 full-time employees. Okay. You just can't defame them. Okay, in that case, very slimy. So is a bad review, for example, defamation? It can be, yes. For like a restaurant or something? If it's substantially true, it's not. You've got the defence of truth. If it's a fair comment based on honest opinion and it's qualified, the best way to say that a review in that those terms is to say, in my opinion. But even there, it has to be fair comment. So to say that the service was poor, we waited for 30 minutes, that's reasonable. Huh, okay. I mean, I don't do restaurant reviews. Do you? Are you a review guy? No, I'm I'm not. I mean, you wouldn't post anything online ever, would you? You know about the, all the pitfalls. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> what about if I'm the admin of a Facebook group or something, say one of those um, very heated suburb community Facebook groups, which I'm a part of and love, frankly, to get involved in those posts. But if someone did something defamatory on that kind of group and I'm an admin, will I get in trouble if something gets Posted? Yes. If you are notified about it and, and you don't take it down, yes, you'll be a publisher as well. There is a, a defence called innocent dissemination. For example, a bookseller or a news agent can't be sued for defamatory material in a book that they sell. Or administrator 
of a group like that would attract that offence until they know about it. But usually administrators are pretty uh, serious about looking over what what is published and it'd be hard for them to say, I had no idea of, uh, that that comment was made. Damn, still, that's a big responsibility. I don't reckon anyone knows that. Well, that's one of the pitfalls of, you know, wanting the status of being a, a, a Facebook group administrator. <laughs> that hot status <laughs> of being an admin. So, like, it isn't a one-off comment that's defamatory enough or, like, does it have to be something that's ongoing? A single comment is enough, yes. That's defamatory. But the ongoing bullying can can give rise to an additional claim for compensation. If you suffer psychological injury as a result of that sort of behaviour, you can claim for that injury. Surely most people would say that, wouldn't they? Well, it has to be verified by a psychiatrist. It depends on the extent. I mean, I've seen some very threatening comments repeated several times to a client made on social media by a so-called Facebook friend. That could reasonably create a psychological condition in someone which results in an injury and give injury compensation because it's an offence to use what's known as a carriage service to harass or threaten. That's a federal offence under the Federal Criminal Code and Facebook is a carriage service. So what type of payouts do we see? I'm not saying that I'm looking to get one, but I'm just curious. Well, you're as deserving as anyone. Everyone's deserving for a payout if their reputation is damaged. Mm. Calling someone a pedophile, usually the starting point is about $50,000 if it's broadcast widely on social media. There are lots of different elements to a defamation. The maximum damages that can be paid for defamation per se is $350,000. Why is there a max? Well, that's a good question. Why should there be a maximum? Hmm. What makes up the difference are consequential losses like loss of income. Right. I can't work in that industry anymore or... The surgeon that got called a moron, yeah. So defamation damages can be significant, particularly if you can prove a loss of income as a result. So how often would 350k be rewarded? Usually cases of that nature, you know, we see, you know, several each year. Really? For sure. It's really something that depends, though, on the circumstances. Right. Every defamation argument doesn't come before the court, so we don't know. A lot of these are resolved separately. And most organisations carry insurance for defamation now. So the insurers get in early and it's in their interest to try and resolve it. And if they're reasonable, they'll pay out a reasonable sum to the subject of the defamation. So how many cases are dropped out of court? I'd say uh, 50%. 50% because they're settled, in other words, payments made or or appropriate apologies given, and another 25% because the claimant decides they don't want to take the risk. Right. So if I believe that I'm getting defamed, what is the process that I go through? Consult a lawyer like myself. Mm-hmm. And the process is to issue a concerns notice and that's sort of like a mini statement of claim that you'd eventually file in court if you can't resolve it first. The concerns notice has to refer to, first of all, what was said and the imputations that are said to have been carried by those statements concerning the person's character, what the damage is or the serious harm that has resulted to the person's reputation from that and then it asks for an apology and it asks for the defamer 
to make an offer to make amends within 28 days. So the defamer has an opportunity to say, look, you know, I'm very sorry, I'll take it down, I'll publish an apology. And then they usually the person who's defamed say, yeah, well, that's all very well and good and we'll agree, this is the apology you have to publish, but I want $100,000. And that's where it becomes painful and that's where the disputes arise. What's the most interesting or like ridiculous case of defamation that you've seen? Well, there was a case a few years ago of a lawyer, a colleague in Queensland, a solicitor, who had an argument with his former son-in-law who called him, in, who published something about him being the Dennis Denuto of Ipswich. <laughs> you might recall who Dennis Denuto is. Yes, from the castle, right? The castle, yes. He was portrayed as an incompetent lawyer <laughs> who uh, went before the High Court and um, in a very comedic way. Did we had a heart of gold, though. I would have taken away something nice from that. Yeah, well, the solicitor didn't think so. He sued yeah. He sued in the district court and the district court said it was trivial, too trivial to amount to defamation, so the solicitor lost. Wow. I mean, it was it's obscure too, I would argue. And, I mean, that's a solicitor getting it wrong. Well, the law of defamation is, is complex because there are a number of defences. It's easy to work out if the statement's defamatory, but the question is, how do these defences apply? There are six or seven defences, but they're all very intricate. We've talked about substantially true, fair comment. There are others like public interest, triviality we've talked about. There are others like qualified privilege. So there are lots of circumstances where you can say something where a defence might come in and knock out the claim altogether. Yeah. I mean, he didn't work that out, though, that solicitor. Maybe he was a Dennis Denuto. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, who knows? (laughs) And if you get defamed, is there like a time limit for when you need to make a claim? Or can you sit on it for a year and then go, actually, you know what? I don't like that that guy called me a pedophile. Well, you can sit on it for nearly a year. You have to issue the concerns notice first and allow the 28 days. So don't want to leave it more than about 10 months because the limitation period is one year. Okay. But remember that a defamation can occur on multiple occasions. It can be the first time the statement's made, but it can be republished by sharing or or something like that, or someone downloading the statement at a later date so that one year might start from then. Okay. I mean, I perhaps just do it as soon as you find out, maybe. Unless you um, hit the nine and a half months and you're not sure, get someone to secretly repost it and then be re-offended. Well, that might not work. Okay, okay. (laughs) This is why you're the expert, Peter. (laughs) What kind of filters should I be running through my mind in order to know if something is defamatory? Well, you should be thinking about whether the facts you're stating are true, if you have no idea and you're just hurling as an insult, don't do it because it's very likely to be defamatory. The other thing is to think of how the recipient will feel about the comment that's made. If there's no factual base for making a statement, just don't do it. That's the major number one filter to use. And that's just good advice for life as well, actually. The lawyers are very useful people. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and helping me in my journey to becoming a full-blown adult. Peter Carter from Carter Kapner Law, thanks. It was a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, one thing's for certain. Peter is no Dennis DeNuto. No offence to the fictional character from the fictional narrative in the castle. If there's anything he taught me, it's that we have to be careful about what we say. And also, just don't be a dick. Like, Peter didn't say that, but I am. 
let's just all be nicer to each other online and in all forms of publication. Unless, of course, the not nice thing you said is 100% true, in which case you could probably get away with it. Uh, just so you know, that is not legal advice. Coming up next episode on Full Blown Adult, how the hell do you get a good tax return? Expert Roy Sanderson gives you some sneaky little tips. First of all, you say it's boring, but when we tell our clients what their refund is, we are the sexiest thing on earth at that point in time. So it's not always boring. That's next episode on Full Blown Adult. Listener.